0: Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins. Breaking down all things Seahawks.
1: Week two of the season and the Seahawks will be playing in prime time. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot wait. Monday Night Football Seattle, headed to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Judah Newby. This is the Gameplay and Podcast as the Seahawks try to avoid going 0-2. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, 90%... <laughs> Sorry, here, let me start again. I, uh, I decided to stand.
1: No, we're keeping this in. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Not cleaning this up in post. Um, anyway. Whoa, whoa, we are now. Whoa, and <laughs> hey, We're back. Oh. We're back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... You know, it's an important week. Seattle starting 0-1 is a big deal. 90% of teams that start 0-2 do not make the playoffs. Obviously, that's skewed, right? Because if you're not a good team, you're not going to make the playoffs. And you'll likely start 0-2. But if you are holding out hope as a Seahawks fan, I think it might be a little bit misguided at this point that your team is going to make the playoffs. Given their late-season schedule, this is a must-win game in a tough situation due to injuries and different things like that for Seattle. Did not
1: the Seahawks start 0-2 and and make the playoffs in... 2015, 2016. I'm going to look that up right now. They had the week one loss, and then they went on the road and lost in Green Bay on that Sunday night game. Chancellor held out, and then he came back when we were 0-2, and then we came back and uh, went to the playoffs, I think. It was still, I think that was a 10-6 and 6 Minnesota Vikings year, I want to say. Anywho. Um, no. Seahawks beat, the, or yeah, you're right. Yep, they lost to the Rams.
0: That's right. In overtime and a shootout, as everyone predicted. Right. 34 31, and then they lost to the Pack. So they did overcome the odds there. Yeah. um, But but that was also a completely different different football team.
1: Let's start with the news and notes. We'll also get to the top matchups on the field. We'll revisit a remember when, so many good memories with the Bears, and give some predictions. Right off the bat, the Seahawks signed Michael Kendricks to a one year deal. Um, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported this late Thursday night, early Friday morning. ESPN insider. That's right. That's right. Michael Kendricks, a white collar criminal in the flesh, suiting up Monday night for the Seahawks Perkins. How do we feel about this man charged for insider trading, pleads guilty. He, uh, embezzled basically about $1.2 million on some bad advice from friends, but he's not fighting it in court. He's going to face some jail time more than likely. But his sentence hearing is not until January 24th. But the Browns cut him before, you know, the, the, once they got the news he was charged, the Browns cut him. So here comes John Schneider picking up the Brown slop. Michael Kendricks, come on down. Let's play some football until you go to jail.
0: <laughs> wow, you're pumped up about this. No, I How
1: do you feel? Um,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I am conflicted because I do think that every crime is different, and you have to you know you can't just compare like domestic violence, for example, <clears throat> Frank Clark, to what Kendricks did. But at the same time, I do find it relatively comical that Seattle, who clearly valued their backup quarterback position, given that they just traded a draft pick to bring in uh, mediocre Brat, uh, Brent Hudley, that you're not going to sign Kaepernick, who has broken no law and done nothing wrong, but you're willing to, to sign uh, the Martha Stewart of the NFL, Michael Kendricks.
1: <laughs> offense taken, Michael. Offense <laughs> offense meant offense taken. Yeah, I feel similarly. Um, I mean, it seriously, it, on the face of it, you're like, well, Michael Kendricks, who is, you know, pled guilty to these charges of insider trading and is likely going to jail. He is being invited onto a football team and being paid money for it. Meanwhile, a guy like Colin Kaepernick still not playing and all that. And, you know, they can be unfair comparisons at times. But in this case, it certainly is uh, hard to ignore. Um, as far as what Kendricks means on the field, well, you know, Bobby Wagner, we found out didn't practice, uh, this morning or Thursday on, as the Seahawks he didn't prepare. practice Thursday. Didn't yeah. practice Thursday. Did not practice, by the way. Not limited. Right. Did not practice. So they're going to be thin at that position if Wagner cannot go. Now, I still expect him to be able to play in this game. But at the very least, I'm sure he'll be monitored. This is a hamstring we're talking about for a middle linebacker that loves to run and against a Matt Nagy offense that is going to test you on the perimeter and forces linebackers to run. Uh, Michael Kendricks can run. That's one of his strong suits. Um, But also, he can project to play the outside weak side linebacker where K.J. Wright's played, but K.J. Wright won't play. Shaquem Griffin might move him around a little bit. It adds some depth from a football perspective at the linebacking unit.
0: It does. No, for sure. And they need it right now, like you said, due to injuries. But man, if uh, Bobby Swagner can't play, that's going to be an issue.
1: Yeah, it really will. Uh, Let's parlay that into some talk about these matchups. Each of us is going to take three different matchups for the Seahawks-Bears game. Uh, Perkins, I'll go ahead and let you go first since you're uh, you're prepped and ready for this one. Battle for the coaches. Battle Mm. of the coaches.
0: Love it. Uh, Mr. Health on a Shelf, Mark Helfrich. <laughs> comes out of the college ranks yeah. uh, hoping to uh, ignite some magic with Mitchell Trubisky and maybe bring some of that college game to the NFL for him to ease his transition uh, going up against uh, Mr. Ken Norton himself. We're talking about two first year coordinators and uh,
1: man, if you Now th- it should be said, Helfrich, he's not calling plays. No, he's not calling plays. Nagy's calling all the plays. Yeah. Well, he's an offensive mind his, himself. Yeah, yeah. This is just offensive coordinator in title with Helfrich. And to be honest, It's kind of similar with Pete and Ken. Ken. Yeah. Very similar. I mean, it's Pete's system. It's his scheme. He's not necessarily calling plays. But, uh, yeah, Helfrich is more for, like, the QB development. But just the idea that he's got a professional role in the NFL with Ken Norton is pretty fascinating. Well, and to me, it's more about it's
0: not even necessarily about the the, the play calling, but as much as it is about the discipline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because obviously you have two great minds defensively and offensively as your head coaches of each respective team. But the discipline does come down to coordinators working with these guys individually and how well can you execute whatever game plan these guys are coming up with. Week one, neither side really inspired a ton of confidence. Obviously, we <laughs> saw the Bears in the first half play pretty well, thanks in large part to Mr. Khalil Mack himself. But I'm telling you, Judah, I, I was you know not very impressed with Seattle's defense, despite the fact that they had three interceptions in this game. And it's a major concern. So this is something to keep an eye on. Uh, can the Seahawks shore up some of those mistakes? And it's not all on Ken Norton. Obviously, you're going through a lot of transition right now. But you know, just the the mental errors that happened in that game, you know, you, you got to clean that stuff
1: up. I'll take Khalil Mack going up against either Dwayne Brown or Jermaine Effetti. Um, The latter of which scares me crapless. Uh, the first of which, Dwayne Brown Perkins, you were mentioning to me, did not play very well. Did not grade very well against the likes of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Yeah, no, for sure. Then he wasn't around like a 58, you said.
0: Yeah, it was a it, terrible. It was really bad. It was he was, I think, lower than Effedy.
1: Yeah, which, I wouldn't believe it. You yeah, might, that sounds like the worst offensive lineman in football. Yeah, it, um, well, he wasn't worse than Posick, who did not show out well either. Thank you, Ethan. Appreciate you. coming on, come on down. <laughs> Anywho, Grit uh played well, so you got that. Mac going for you. was amazing against Green Bay. So against either of those tackles, Effetti uh, or Brown, given how both played last week. It's going to be a mess out there. Russell's going to be running for his life. Get ready for it, Hawks fans. Russell's going to be running for his life. Yeah, for me, too, uh, another matchup I'm looking at is Allen Robinson
0: against uh, the older, by like a minute, Griffin brother. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) In this matchup, I think that's going to be a big one. Robinson is kind of one of those big-name guys, right, putting pieces around Mr. Trubisky. Uh, Can he show out against a secondary that is –
1: Green, to say the least, mm.
0: outside of a, a Griffin who's had one year under his belt.
1: The veteran. Uh, I like Russell Wilson against Vic Fangio. We all remember Vic. He was the defensive coordinator of the 49ers under Jim Harbaugh during the height of the 49er Seahawk rivalry. Got used to seeing those Niner defenses with the likes of um, all the linebackers. Willis, Ahmad Brooks, um, Navarro Bowman, Alden Smith. You remember all those? Chicago's trying to build something similar. And Vic Fangio coordinating that defense, scheming for Russell Wilson. I'm going to be keeping my eye on that one. Last one for you. Last one for me. This is this is just a cop out,
0: but yeah. Michael Dixon versus the entire Bears special teams. Devin Huston is not
1: playing anymore. He's but, not. Yeah. Tariq no. Cohen is shifty as
0: heck, though. <laughs> he is. But you know, I think that field position is going to be big in this game if Seattle wants to to stay in it and stay, especially if Bobby Wagner is at all limited or not playing.
1: Uh I'll go with Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, Tyler is going to be going as the number one receiver with no Doug Baldwin against either Kyle Fuller or Prince mukamara as the two top cornerbacks. for Chicago, that's a big one. Uh, honorable mention to Justin Britt against Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman, one of the underrated nose tackles in the game, no question about it. Just signed a big deal. It's time for Remember When on the Game Plan Podcast. Time for Remember When here on the Game Plan Podcast, and I tell you what, Perkins, a lot of good games that the Seahawks have had against the Chicago Bears in the past. Um, I'll go ahead and start, though. Um, the 2006 playoffs, after beating Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card game. Snapgate, holdgate, whatever you want to call it, when Romo botches the snap. <laughs> I love that. That still might be my favorite Seahawks victory of all time, not named Super Bowl 48. When I think about it's what it means to me. It's one of the more memorable ones, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, this is the way that game was. I had it taped on VHS. You think it's a team of destiny? Yeah, it's like amazing. A bit, you yeah. Know, you're kinda... Well, anyway, so they go to Chicago, and uh, they lose in overtime, 27-24, against a Bears team that ultimately wins the NFC. But that was a great, great football game. Chilly, windy environment. Um, you had Rex Grossman throwing to Moussin Muhammad. You had Thomas Jones. You had that great offensive line and an amazing defense for Chicago, led by Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs and company, Charles Tillman. I mean, that, that was a great, great Chicago Bear team, and that was a great Mike Holmgren-led Seattle team. I'll always remember Seahawks having split backs on like a third and seven from like the 10-yard line. Split backs, which is a formation you always pass in. They hand it to Sean Alexander, and he runs for a touchdown. Yep. I mean, so many amazing moments. I taped that game on VHS as well. For Which me, quarter
0: was that in? the, the That was, run? I
1: think, third quarter. Third quarter, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it set up Seattle had a fourth quarter lead, and ultimately Robbie Gold uh, won the game in overtime for Chicago. Uh, I don't think Seattle ever had a chance to see the ball in overtime.
0: I was working that day, and my girlfriend at the time lived like three blocks from where I was working, but I was working right in the middle of that damn game. Oh, and so it's so tough. I mean, and this was before her smartphones, right? Yeah. So I had like a Razor phone or some crap like that. So I remember walking up to her house, like running essentially on my lunch break and like watching Sean Alexander walk it in Yeah. and then having to go back to work Man. and
1: then finding out they lose in overtime. Brutal. That's how I experienced Falcon Seahawks on the plane back to- In 2012? College in 2012. Yeah. Some guy had it on an iPad in front of me and I was watching over his shoulder streaming but the stream was going in and out late in the game it was terrible worst time of my life all right what's your remember when well this is obvious
0: but uh and we retweeted it on the game plan pod uh twitter account last night because you were at this game correct was yeah This this is an amazing game 2012 russell wilson i mean look the game against the patriots we all know is really memorable from that year but this truly felt like his coming out party where late in that game took the team down the field late in the fourth quarter to take the lead then the defense gives up a field goal Thanks, Brandon Marshall. Shout out. That
1: was amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was like a 56-yard play from B. Marsh. Just right, uh, to, right in front of Sherm. To get them in field position. Classic Seahawks. Yep. Like, such a great defense, but, but so many plays like that that you can think of throughout their time. Anyway, and then driving them down the field again in overtime, that was when you knew he was your quarterback of the future. No I think. question. I think there were still some question marks. You knew he had the talent, but was he the guy to get them there? But the... Hutspa that he showed yep. in that game and the just the the steady hands so to speak late in that game to come away with a victory and a much needed win that was truly a defining moment in his career.
1: There's no feeling like knowing you've got your quarterback, it's my quarterback. winning on the road like that. Yeah, I had the same feeling. Uh, I got to go to the New England game in Foxborough. Had that had a similar feeling then, but that's more just when you're a visiting fan winning on the road against a bunch of you know sour grapes home fans that lost. That are drunk i mean that's a great can we great start feeling. a gofundme to send you to every road game it's a great because... feeling. well i went to indy too and i uh, lost that okay. one that was a tough one too um yeah predictions now let's uh start with you know what's going on in the division we got the cardinals and rams in, in la mcveigh is another level man he really is He's another level he's a difference maker he's gonna be a hall of fame coach i think yeah he's that good it's just a matter of time for jared him. jared goff is very lucky yeah um in well, so many ways it matters Quarterback that you paired up with the coordinator. No question about it. LA is going to win that game. Yeah, easy. Uh, Detroit-San Francisco. Detroit got rocked. San Francisco was more competitive than people think. They'll go up through three, pick, three picks against a marvelous Minnesota defense. 49ers should win this game at home. They really should, I think. They need to win this game. Yeah. yeah. I don't they, think Matt Patricia's a good coach. I expect them to win this game. Yeah. I'll go with San Francisco, too. Uh, big game. The one big game outside of the division. How about New England-Jacksonville? This is in Jacksonville. It's about a pick them or Jacksonville minus one, depending on where you see it. I know who I like. I like
0: uh, you're going to go against New England two weeks in a row. I'm going uh, Patriots.
1: Yeah, I am going against New England two weeks in a row because I hate them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I got Jacksonville 2017. And yeah. then your your prediction for Seahawks, Bears.
0: Yeah, I don't see how Jacksonville, but I just, I can't. I like the AFC Championship game, how does Blake Bortles beat Tom Brady? I just can't yeah. where,
1: wrap my brain The only out, around difference that. for it is it's in Jacksonville this time, so yeah. I, that's where I'm going with him. Yeah, no, for sure. It makes sense. Uh, for Seahawks, man, I just don't have a good feeling about this. The line is three and a half, Chicago, by the way. I think
0: Chicago covers. Um, I, the Bobby Wagner thing really is a major concern to me. I mean, you have Doug Baldwin that's already out. Earl Thomas didn't practice, but non-injury rest. Um, but he's only in his second game back. He did look sharp week one, but still, second game back, no KJ. Bobby, even if he plays, might not be 100% based on what's happened so far this week for him. That's a major concern, and Chicago is pissed, man. I mean, I know that the, that the Seahawks should be as well, but— and the Seahawks track record on Monday Night Football is impeccable. They have the best winning percentage of any team in NFL history. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Also, but, Monday Night Football, remember wins. Woof. Oh, man, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Maybe I'll,
1: I'll shout out 06 at Philly, 42 to 3. Lofa Tatupu with like three picks in the <laughs> snow. Out.
0: Yeah. I, lo- I will always remember that game. <laughs> I'm sure we can reminisce too, because later in the season, another Monday Night game for the Seahawks at home against Minnesota. But, man, I just don't see how Seattle wins this game, and I think they lose by four. All right. I don't have a score for That's you. That's a comfortable
1: but... Chicago cover. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Half point. I'll, take, uh, <laughs> I'll actually – I have I have Chicago 27-23 is my prediction. Yeah. yeah. So you and I are on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough, but, Expect man, the worst, hope for
0: the best with yeah, this team. I think so. That's, I think, going to be the case a lot this season, especially – Look, you already knew they were up against it, and now – the defenders you do have that you can rely on are out. I mean, that's just tough.
1: Hey, we'll, we'll send the Cowboys to 0-3 in Week 3. That's what we'll do. That's okay. That's what we'll do. You we can be happy with that. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Chu Newby. This is the Game Plan Podcast. We'll see you on Tuesday, breaking down this game on Monday Night Football. It'll be great. At least we're on national TV. It's exciting. finally getting the recognition. We deserve. <laughs> Boy, that narrative is tired. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later.